Welcome to The Pulse, a podcast series from the Center for Analytics and Behavioral Change. We scan social media to find The Pulse, the topics and issues that connect South Africans. Today, we talk to Stuart Jones about mis- or disinformation, fake news, and the harm it can cause if we don't stop it. So, Stuart, information that deliberately distorts the truth has been around for thousands of years, but social media has become a real game-changer. When did we start seeing its power to disrupt? So if we paint the recent history of narrative manipulation, it started in 2010 with the Arab Spring, um, in which uh, regimes fell, autocratic regimes fell, and a lot of the popular uprising was um, fostered and spread through social media. So immediately the world saw the power of social media. And the people that were watching in particular uh, were the Russians, and I don't mind naming him, um, Putin in particular. Um, in 2013, the Internet Research Agency was founded, and this is a Russian organization, state-run, that was uh, particularly set up to manipulate opinion on social media. And a lot of the grand conspiracy theories, including the recent 5G conspiracy, have come out of um, that IRA. But didn't we see the real power of social media with Russia's involvement in Crimea? Um, in 2014, this was just a year later than the IRA being founded, and the modality there was to split uh, the Ukraine in two. And this is, a, uh, this is a constant theme of narrative manipulation that we see. They stoke both sides of the argument in order to achieve their ends. So the Western side of the Ukraine was pushed towards the West. They were fed pro-European um, uh, content. And the Eastern side was pushed towards the East. They were fed pro-Russian content. And when the time was right, Russia was able to invade uh, Crimea, and they still control that territory today. Two years later, both Trump and Brexit happened in the same year. Now, Brexit was certainly manipulated. Trump was most definitely manipulated. By this stage, we were in Cambridge Analytica territory. We were talking about targeted Facebook advertising that was personality-driven. Um, so just to cast a, a view of what it was like being in one of the contested states, there were five states in that Trump election that... Um, had something like $150 million worth of Facebook advertising thrown at them in the month before the election. It's an extraordinary amount of advertising. And you, as a voter there, were being bombarded by messages from 10, 12, 15 different organizations, all sharing a message that was targeted at you and targeted at your personality. Uh, if you were particularly um, open uh, the the anti-immigrant message would be much softer that was targeted at you. If you were particularly paranoid, it would be much harder, uh, and so on. So there were hundreds and thousands of different messages being put out. To this day, the Trump campaign puts out thousands of individual Facebook ads every single day. So bringing it back home, apart from Bell Pottinger putting divisive words on our lips, are we seeing organized interference in elections? In 2017, we had the uh, ANC election here at Nazarek in South Africa, and um, bots were identified interfering with that election. They were identified fairly early and, and disabled. And in 2017, it's documented that at least 18 national elections around the world were affected by narrative manipulation. But it seems that narrative manipulation takes extreme views and tries to get more people talking about it until we're all talking. How does this work? 
So if you think about fake news or you think about scapegoats or you think about conservative causes or causes that benefit capital or anything that requires PR to manage perceptions and social media misinformation is likely to be in be involved. An example is climate denialism, um, in which just under $1 billion a year is spent on lobbying um, public opinion in the favor of the climate change denialists. Uh, and so South Africa is by no means immune to this. And what tends to happen within a, a narrative that is manipulated is that if you think of the a general bell curve where most of the conversation happens in the middle, narrative manipulators stoke the conversations on the on the extremes, and they attempt to raise the extremes to the middle so that something that seemed extreme is now seen to be mainstream. And that is how political discourse changes around particular issues. What we see in South Africa is not um, political in terms of political parties. This isn't about vote Trump like it was in America. It's not vote for a particular person or a particular party. What it is is around key narratives, narratives like white genocide or energy futures or white monopoly capital or the IEC or the South African Reserve Bank. And there are uh, the, the manipulation happens by bringing an extreme view over time into the mainstream discourse until that extreme view becomes an actual option that is on the table and seems to be less extreme than it actually is. That was Stuart Jones talking about the genesis of narrative manipulation. The big takeout for me is that we should all make sure the news and information we follow is from reliable sources. Join us for another podcast of The Pulse.